This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour back again with you guys for another episode of the Arsenal News Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for joining me and for making this part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. Uh, I hope you've had a good week. You've made it to Friday. Amazing stuff. It feels good to be at the weekend. Yes, I maintain that Friday is the start of the weekend. I know that some people may and me included, work on Fridays. But just that knowledge that Saturday and Sunday is next makes it all the sweeter. Plus, there's sometimes Premier League football, of course, on uh, on these days as well. We're going to be talking about which games are going on um, in the Premier League very, very soon, of course, as well, um, because it is the weekend. Um, but before we do that, let's uh, jump into the chat box and uh, have a quick chat with you guys as well. Uh, Stephen, good morning to you, to Steve, to Martin, to Olu, to Rich. Good morning to Blackshine, to Rich, to A1, uh, to Jacob, Morgie, uh, Jose, Stevie, Derek. Good morning to Jimbo and Jose and NSW, Marcus, Lyndon, Mr. Ree, Grantley, Poos, uh, Tom, PJ, Glenn, uh, and plenty more of you guys joining us as well. Thank you, everybody. For doing so, it means the absolute world that you do. If you could drop a like, subscribe, all of that usual stuff. I little email this morning saying that there's been 2,000 uploads now on the channel, which is kind of crazy. Uh, it's been going since 2015. Uh, I've been doing it since 2016. And yeah, it's been an incredible honor and pleasure to join you uh, throughout this journey. And uh, 2,000 uploads later, uh, 2001, this one being... Uh, we're still going strong. 350 of these Arsenal news shows. I think we've done over 300 of the transfer shows. So it's nearly two years worth of, of daily shows. And uh, we only missed really one the other day because of illness. And the rest have been missed because of obviously uh, things like press conferences or work, etc. But uh, yeah, amazing stuff. Uh, thank you everyone for tuning in. And uh, Lewis, happy birthday to you. And uh, I hope that the hangover from your birthday is going fine, mate. And uh, yes, thank you for the kind support. Always, 
on the channel. Uh, speaking of hitting milestones, I'm hoping to bring you some exciting news of a live event next year uh, to talk about as well. But uh, we have plenty of time to, uh, to make sure that you've got that day off and to get your tickets. It's uh, I'm expecting this one to to go uh, pretty quick. So we're going to have some amazing guests. Uh, we're going to be uh, discussing some some great topics, I'm sure, when the event comes around as well. But I'll keep you updated about a potential live event next year uh, that you can set aside time for. There are some things that need to fall into place. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to bringing you information about that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, so I look forward to it. Uh, right. Uh, we should probably get on with today's show. Let's kick off with yesterday's um, Thursday games, uh, Brighton drew 2-2 away at Marseille in what would probably be a bit of a reprieve. They'll probably be quite happy with that result after the disappointment against AEK Athens on the opening day. Uh, West Ham beat Freiburg away from home in an impressive 2-1 victory. Meanwhile, Liverpool beat Union Saint-Gilois uh, 2-0 at Anfield in the Europa League fixtures. Aston Villa winning against uh, a, a Bosnian side um, who I'd personally... Never, never heard of before. Um, Zvini, uh, Zvinsti, uh, it was a very, very different team. I've never, ever come across them. And and they did really, really well, um, actually, to, to hold Aston Villa for the majority of that game. Uh, McGinn, right at the end, I'd managed to catch the end of the game. Um, and uh, yeah, <laughs> McGinn went mad after scoring uh, that goal after very, very, very late efforts in the Europa Conference League. Um, Premier League action this weekend. Luton plays Spurs on Saturday at 12.30. Burnley play Chelsea. Everton play Bournemouth. Fulham play Sheffield United. Manchester United play Brentford. They're all three o'clock kickoffs. And Crystal Palace play Nottingham Forest in the late kickoff. On Sunday, Brighton Hove Albion host Liverpool. Uh, very exciting to see Alex Alexis McAllister return to uh, the Amex. West Ham United play Newcastle in a very interesting game as well at 2 o'clock. Another 2 o'clock game between Wolves and Aston Villa. And then, of course, the headline act of the weekend, Arsenal against City at 4.30. So that's all of the action that's coming up over the course of this weekend. But to talk through some of the Arsenal stories, Jonas Eideval has signed a brand new contract as Arsenal manager. Um, really interesting decision uh, by the club to to do this, to do this now, because there is a lot of pressure on Jonas after the disappointment of missing out on Champions League football during the uh, during the period in which we we, we lost to FC Paris, and uh, you know we're now in a situation where there won't be any European football for Arsenal this season because there's no kind of Europa League equivalent in the women's game. Um, but what we do have is obviously the Premier League, which started off again quite poorly of an opening defeat to Liverpool. And then there's the Conti Cup and we've got other cup competitions as well. The Women's FA Cup as well. And hopefully we can find some reprieve this season. But I'd say that Jonas Ardeval was under a bit of pressure and uh, now he's signed a brand new contract. So uh, very interesting indeed uh, that that has been announced and specifically at this point in time uh, as well. So let's wait and see how the season unfolds and whether or not that decision will be justified. Uh, speaking of contracts, Miles Lewis Skelly has signed his first professional contract with the club. Really fantastic news. Arsenal's most exciting young players. And he has indeed signed a brand new contract with the team. So really positive news on that front. Hopefully, uh, he continues on the pathway that he has been and develops further uh, and gets some opportunities in the first team as well. It'd be fantastic to see him get some of those chances because he is very talented 
He continues to impress. He's injured at the moment. Hopefully, he'll be returning to action very, very soon. But congratulations to to Miles uh, on that achievement. Now, we need to talk about the England national team. And I know a fair few of you may have tuned in to see my reaction to this. Uh, before we go on to the Saka chaos, um, Ramsdale, Saka, Rice and Nketiah have all been called up. Very happy for Nketiah um, because I, I was really frustrated with his treatment in the last England squad. He certainly deserved the call up then. And I felt as though with the return of Gabriel Jesus that he may not have um, got the opportunity again to be called up to the squad. We have a friendly against Australia on Friday. If he is not involved in that game, I'll be very disappointed for him. I mean, stop calling the guy up. They're not using him. Um, it's ridiculous that he wasn't used. I think it had a negative impact on him, to be honest. Uh, I think it would have really uh, hit his confidence in some ways to be called up and then to not be used. Um, I think Nketiah, again, that call-up is, is is a good thing for him. But no Ben White again in the squad. It, it, it's obvious. We all know that it's not for footballing reasons because if it was for footballing reasons, it'd be beyond ridiculous to not select him, to choose Harry Maguire um, over Ben White. is just kind of mad absolutely crazy uh, that Ben White is not there. It's not for footballing reasons. It cannot be for footballing reasons. There's just no way, shape or form it can be for footballing reasons. Um, I think it's one of those situations where we have to hope that Gareth Southgate loses his job before Ben White gets another opportunity with the squad because under this coach, under this coaching staff, it's seemingly not going to happen for him. Um, so let's let's keep fingers crossed that ben, Benjamin White can get a call up very soon. Bakaya Saka. Um... <laughs> Bakaya Saka was indeed called up to the squad. Now, we need to start this off with a caveat. And the caveat is that uh, suggestions are, and Sammy Mockbell reported yesterday for the mail, that um, a decision is still kind of yet to be made um, in some ways on Saka's inclusion. Uh, Saka could indeed still pull out of the squad based upon how kind of the build-ups this weekend and the use of Saka this weekend happens. There's suggestions and certainly whispers flying about that Arsenal do not want Saka to be part of this squad, that they do not want him to be in this group and that would they would prefer if he was given the opportunity of a rest, which is, without a doubt, the right decision. To call Saka up for a friendly against Australia... For a game against Italy where we have plenty of depth, plenty of options. Jared Bowen's been called up to this squad, as you saw on the previous side, who can play in that right wing slot if you need him to. Phil Foden can play there if you need him to. Um, you could argue play Marcus Rashford on the right if you wanted to. There are options. Yes, Saka is probably the most natural starting option there. Jared Bowen alongside him uh, in the next slot, behind him in that right wing slot. But it's just incredibly unnecessary. Um, if it's a call-up and then he's pulled out of it, I have no issues with that at all. Um, but it's just... If it's the idea... The, the What frustrated me most was the, the reasoning that Southgate gave when he was asked in the press conference. Um, it was that we have a game in like five days and then it's seven or eight days until um, the Italy game. And he's talking about kind of a single-digit days until the next game. He needs two weeks off. Just give the guy two weeks off. It's within 
both of Arsenal and England's benefit to give a guy that has been playing football non-stop. And to those people that say that it, Saka should be the one to turn around and say no, no, that's a ridiculous view. It's ridiculous to suggest that Saka has to be the one to turn around. He's been called up to his country. I had someone tweet me yesterday suggesting that it's equivalent to like being ill and going into work still when you're ill and then turning around and saying, look, I can't go in because I'm ill and going in would be unfair on my body. It's not the same. Me going into work and being called up to represent my country cannot be a, cannot be seen as two equal standing things. It's very different. And when you're called up to your country, you are compelled to go. And so for me, it's down to the club and to the FA to come to an agreement over the usage. There is another international break next month in November. There is one more international break this year. There is another one in March as well. We've had one in September. There's one every single month for these three months. You can leave Saka out of one of them. You know, if if he's included in this one, I pray that he is not included in the next one because it just doesn't make any sense to allow this to happen. So again, to kind of in summary, before I do go off too wildly, and I reckon we'll probably cover this ground again in, in part two, it's mad he's been called up. He should be given a rest. To accuse Saka of being the one that should be, you know, the guy turning around and saying no, for me is ridiculous because you know, it's the England national team. You're getting called up to it. You're compelled to go. Um, if you start saying no, it puts you in a very difficult position in future situations. If your club's doing it on your behalf, very different situation. Um, there's so many, there's so much football going on. You know what you get from Saka. I tell you what, if he steps, if he's called up and stays in the group and he's called onto the field for that friendly against Australia, I would lose my mind. But it's not just that. It's like, He'll be in training. He'll be doing training matches. He'll be, you know, he could be just back at London Colney going through a bit of a, a recovery and rest and recuperation period that they've set up maybe a specific plan for. It could be a really beneficial two weeks for him to come back fit and ready for the rest of the year. And that includes the next international break in November uh, and then all the way around to the Euros next year. Manages fitness. Manages fitness. It's to everybody's interest to do that. Um, yeah, there is, it is what it is. This <laughs> is what it is. Anyway, moving away from England and to move to our headline story, uh, Arsenal are interested in Pedro Neto and are very intrigued about the player's profile and have been for quite some time. And there are very real suggestions that Arsenal could, in January, make a move for the Portuguese international. He started off this season very well. He's got five goal contributions in seven games, one goal, four assists. Uh, all of those are Premier League fixtures, by the way. He obviously forced that own goal against Manchester City with a brilliant run and, and strike into Ruben Diaz. Uh, he's been really important to Wolves' kind of recuperation at the beginning of the campaign. There were worries that Wolves would be maybe in a little bit of trouble, um, but he's been really key in getting them up and out of that relegation zone. They're now into 15th place in the league after that win over Man City. Massive, massive victory. He's quick, he's speedy, he's left-footed, he's versatile, and we just need a profile like Neto. People turn around to me and say, well, what about his injury record? And to that I say, it doesn't matter if a player's got an injury record anymore, whether they are and have got a most pristine, clean bill of health they will arrive at Arsenal and ultimately get injured. So I'm almost looking at injuries a bit of a non-factor at this stage because it doesn't matter 
if a player has injury issues, they find themselves on the injury table at Arsenal. Declan Rice, one of the most reliable players on the planet in terms of injuries, find himself coming off injured in a North London derby. Thomas Partey, never injured before arriving at Arsenal, injured. It's it's just ridiculous. So the point into kind of like if if injury records are now a, some a reason to not sign somebody, it's like what's the point? We know that they're not they're going to get injured anyway. So you know, so we might as well just appreciate them for the footballers that they are. As long as there's nothing kind of really ridiculous, and I know that he's had a long term injury last season, but players do recover from these injuries as well. And then the other position, and then the other argument against Neto is that. Well, Wolves have just signed into a brand new deal and that only happened last year. Isn't he going to cost a lot of money? And to that I say, who is not going to cost a lot of money for Arsenal? If you want a Premier League player that's starting most of the majority of a team's games in the division, they're going to cost a lot of money. That's just the way that it goes, you know. And I think some players are worth investment. And at 23 years of age, he's an incredibly well um, kind of, it's a great stage of his career uh, as well. To, to invest in. And I've gone back and forth over the last kind of 24 months with Neto, but I think it would be a good move in the end. I think it would add a lot to us and a lot to Arsenal, a lot of speed, a lot of pace. Finally, a winger that's left-footed that can add depth uh, and competition to Saka's side as well. It'd be great to see it happen. And I, for one, hope that it does. Right, let's move to part two then and your questions right after this. Right, let's jump into the chat box then and, and tackle some of these questions, shall we? Uh, let's go to uh, Valeria says, uh, are the fan base overreacting a little bit on especially after the Lawns game? And are you getting frustrated with Havertz yet? Uh, Valeria, I'm not frustrated with Havertz. I'm concerned. A frustration, I think, will come later. I know some fans are very concerned about Havertz. Uh, sorry, very frustrated with Havertz. I'm more concerned. The reason for my concern is that we invested a lot of money and I just worry that maybe that money could have been better spent. That's my concern that I have right now. And could we be getting more um, from, from a player that we'd invested 65 million pounds in? That's my concern. I'm willing to continue to give it time. I've told you I've got a two season rule, but the first season is really important still. I'm willing to give it that opportunity, but for a player that's starting, you know, it's not like Vieira where he was coming off the bench and having to get opportunities. He's getting plenty of chances to start games. I have to see him wait and see if he starts on Sunday. Uh, I want to see more. I want to see more. Uh, in terms of the overreaction of the Lawns game, um, they played well, Lawns. They defended well. They took their chances. I don't think there's necessarily an overreaction. I think that I felt as though we made mistakes there. I think we make mistakes in the lineup, the substitutions arguably as well. So I don't think there's necessarily an overreaction unless it's kind of like abusive because that's always an overreaction. But yeah, let's let's wait and see. Um, Daniel says, I still don't believe that we have played particularly well in any game this season apart from PSV. Do you agree? Like this is comparison to last season and our high expectations. I think Bournemouth, we played well. Um, I think against Manchester United, we were... It, it was a weird game because obviously they only came to do one thing, which was to sit and hit us on the counter, which is a very difficult way, especially when you're going up your team and get as good as uh, the players that they have. Um, I think, Daniel, that Man United, in the way in which we handled that game in the end, yes, we had to get a little bit fortunate, sure, 
Um, but I did like the way in which we approached it. Nottingham Forest, we blew away in the first kind of hour and then we just let them back in towards the end. And that was a really annoying part of that, that fixture. Um, I think that Everton, we played well. Um, we came over one nil victory in that game, but we never gave Everton a sniff whatsoever in that fit. And that's been a really difficult game for Arsenal historically as well. So I think we have played well in games this season. Um, but I think that we haven't necessarily reached our peak and that's fine because you don't want to necessarily reach a peak too soon. I hope that we continue to build and improve and we're still unbeaten in the league and in the cup other than, of course, the Champions League. So there is something to be said about our record in the Premier League. There is something to be said about going into this game. We've got momentum from that 4-0 win against Bournemouth that was a little bit maybe stunted in, in the Champions League. But I hope that we can go into the game with Man City uh, with an, you know, the ambition to try and win that fixture. Um, I had it confirmed that I'm going to be going to the game now because we all know that when I don't go to games, the, the, the best things in the world don't happen. The games I've not been to this season are Fulham and Spurs. They're the games I've, I've not been to. And what happened in those games? We drew. So just be thankful that I'm going to the game on Sunday because <laughs> the record hopefully will be fine because I will indeed be there. Um, Dakarai says, 1-8, drawn two, lost one in all comps this season. One more goal conceded than City and one, and one or two uh, scored less if we are. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Poor at the moment and getting these results, surely we should still be in a good place. And this is a fa really a fair point. You know, uh, I love Rory's, uh, Rory Talks, Talks Ball, I think that's what it is. Um, but Rory, who's been on the channel, uh, did a fantastically sarcastic uh, little short for his YouTube and TikTok. I thought it was brilliant. It's like, yeah, Arsenal have only won you know, six games and they've only, or you know, whatever, he's drawn two of them. And yeah, we've not lost yet, but, you know, it's just not good enough. <laughs> it's a really good video. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go check out Rory uh, on Twitter. Um, but yeah, I think that we are still in a very good place and we're moving in a really positive uh, direction. Um, Ode Gwan Kenobi says, uh, when are the football powers that be finally going to realise that the fixture list for clubs and countries is getting out of hand? FIFA UEFA and the Premier League need to protect these players. What would you do? Well, I wouldn't expand the Champions League for one, and I wouldn't expand the FIFA Club World Cup for another, and I would get rid of the the, the two-legged League Cup semi-final. I'd be tempted to get rid of the League Cup altogether, to be honest. Um, it's kind of mad, isn't it? It is it's absolutely crazy. When you have suggestions that a World Cup should be played every two years, it starts to get even worse. I think I'd break up the the international tournaments to every three years. Um, maybe even do that. You know, do a. And we say it's every two years right now. And I know people love international football and international tournaments, but I almost feel like we need to split them up into every three years rather than every two years now. These international tournaments 
for the benefit of players' fitness and health. Uh, maybe you would expand squad sizes. I'd say rather than having 25 in the squad, you can have 30 squad members so that you can have more players and allow more rest. Um, but then you can have a lot of players not playing football, I guess, in certain teams. So that's there's always kind of a, an opposite view, I guess, and a downside to certain strategies. But it's very difficult. Uh, the five sub rule, I think, has helped. I think being able to make five changes during games is important. The concussion rule is obviously a good thing that's come in as well. But it just seems every good thing that happens is like two bad things. And that's that's really annoying. Uh, Jabru says, hey, Tom, I watched the preview show for the City game. I noticed that not one person picked Eddie as the striker. In your opinion, is Havertz better than Eddie or is it just for this game? I think it's specifically for this game. I think Havertz has got a good, you know, the, the history he's got against City, the Champions League game. I think he played well there in the Community Shield. And I just think that Eddie Nketiah suits games where, you know, you're going to be getting a lot of balls into the six-yard box. And I think that having a player that you can kind of kick the ball up to as a bit of a target man against City is important. And having both Jesus and Havertz up top, I think will get, really give you kind of a bit of an outlet for those rare long balls that we're going to be playing in behind that you would imagine. So, And with Rodri not there, I think we've got a great chance to really com combat that middle third. If Partey starts, we've got Partey, Rice and Havertz and Jesus, big targets to aim for. Uh, Jesus is a big target, but he's certainly a really good player to target with long balls because he's so good at winning them typically. So, yeah, I think that I would go with Havertz because of that style of play that we may look to bypass uh, the City team as much as we feasibly can. James says, Tom, have you fully recovered now from Lasagna Gate? Yes. I think the answer is yes. I would say I am fully recovered. Uh, I thought I'd recovered when I left for France and I quickly realised that I hadn't. I came home and didn't feel great. Um, and that was on Wednesday. But uh, Thursday, I, yesterday I was fine. And this morning I feel good. And I'm ready for my cooked breakfast this morning. Cooked breakfast being toast and eggs and um, probably some avocado as well because I'm still on this this improved diet of mine that is doing wonders um it was not the the vict it was not the culprit for this uh for this food poisoning trust me but uh yeah it's uh it's all good it's all good um CJ says Mikel has created a lot of unnecessary problems for himself this season uh, keeper and Havertz will be running the running plot and you have to I can't disagree you know he's he's taken risks as Arteta with some of the decisions he's made in the market and the club overall has made some, taken some risks. I will continue to point back to Durian Timber's um, injury as being a massive blow and a real thing that I, I will reference as kind of a bit of balance because that signing was a brilliant piece of business and sadly, we're not going to get the benefit from it. I have seen the links um, with, with of course, his, his brother, um, Timber as well, who I think is a, a midfielder rather than a fullback, um, Quentin Timber. Uh, he is indeed a midfielder. He's 22. And uh, I don't, are they twins, uh, Quentin and, and Durian? Because I know that obviously family <laughs> have links of looking similar, but they are very strangely, very similar looking, Timber, Timber and Timber. Um, so if they are twins, uh, yeah, they are twins. Thank you, Ponaroo. It is staggering how similar they do look. Um, so uh, I think it'd be great to sign that. You know, you think about the, the Bender brothers, Sven Bender and, ah, um, oh, what was what's the other guy called? Um, you guys are going to be screaming it down your phones in the chat box. Someone help me out. It was Sven Bender and I can't remember the other one. Um, 
but uh, for Bayer Leverkusen when they played. One used to play for, was it Wolfsburg one played at? And then he moved. Lars, thank you, Lars Bender. Yes. Uh, I think it'd be great. It'd be great to have um, the Timber Twins <laughs> Arsenal. I'd be really in favour of that. Plus, it's not just because of the, 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 you know, the what's the word? Um, can't think of the word now. The dynamic of just having them both. He is really good. Um, and he's being linked very heavily. He's doing really, really well for final. Three assists, one goal in seven games in the league for final this season. He wasn't at Ajax. Um, uh, he is at Feyenoord. But uh, yeah, really, really interesting play. He joined uh, Utrecht from Ajax in 2021 and then left Utrecht for uh, Feyenoord in 2022 uh, for around £6 million. So and he's, he's gone from strength to strength uh, playing for Feyenoord. So very interesting indeed uh, to see if Arsenal's apparent interest. I've seen some suggestions Arsenal might be interested. Um, but to see if they could link them both up at Arsenal, that'd be really exciting i think uh so that'd be fantastic uh let's go to um dj rudy says morning tom listen to you while on another quick holiday in turkey hope you have a fantastic time rudy uh Dwayne says we'll be good means if one picks up a yellow then at half time they can swap depending on who has it <laughs> yeah but they're not the same player so i guess there are differences in their style which would prevent that um Jimbo says his uh, brother was there with Urian when he signed the contract. Oh, yeah, he was. I do remember seeing that. And Phil says we should be looking at signing Job Bellingham. He has been doing very well at Sunderland, and he's been very good in the championship this season. I think he'll be getting plenty of interest from Premier League clubs uh, soon. But, yeah, Job Bellingham's been doing very well in the championship this season. Um, Maximir says I remember that we were in for Sven Bender during – the Wenger era as well. Yeah, they could play both defensive midfield and centre-half, the pair of them. So I do remember them very, very well indeed. Uh, Ollie says, Tom, can you ask Arteta why his eyes are so far back? Does he shove them in with his thumbs? <laughs> what? That's ridiculous. Um, I think he's just got that kind of like arching, um, kind of like the the lip over the top of his eyes is, is very, very... Uh, Captain Scarlet is obviously the comparison we get a lot with with Arteta, but very strange. <laughs> I think he's just, he's very sharp, very good looking man is Arteta, very scary looking, um, but he did look good in that. Was it, what was the um, interview he did in the fashion magazine? Uh, he looked very suave and always does look very suave, uh, does Arteta. Um, let's go to uh, the De Boer twins, says Cass, played for Ajax, so I wouldn't mind the Timber twins at Arsenal. Uh, Mini Rex says, Tom, do you think that Saka will play against City? Probably. Yeah, he probably will uh, play uh, against, uh, he probably will play against City. I think that <laughs> we know the mind games that go on. And look, it's the biggest game of our season. Um, so yeah, it's very, very difficult indeed to, to see it not happening. I think he probably will be risked if there's an opportunity for it to happen. Um, Arteta is flawless, says Derek. Yeah, very flawless. That no hair on his head moves out of place. He is exceptionally well-kept, is Arteta. Um, Martinelli, do I think Martinelli will play? I think that there is a small chance of him being in the squad, but I'd be surprised if he started the game. Uh, CJ Dan says, a lot of people are saying that Mikel could be for us what Rodgers was for Liverpool, a guy that goes close and then Klopp takes us to the next kind of level and has to be found. What are your thoughts? Seems a bit premature to have those thoughts. Yeah, Arteta is very different to... to um, Rogers, I think he's a bit of a lazy comparison just because there's similarities in the sense that he took Liverpool close to a title. I think all that Arteta has done is help progress Arsenal. We've only gone in one direction over him 
Um, and, you know, we've got to try and keep continuing to progress. We're not going to know whether we have progressed this season until we get towards the end. Uh, and that's just the way that it is. Uh, Arsenal Avenger, is there a press conference? Yes, there is. Uh, a little press conference a little bit later on today. I'm not working today, so I'm not covering it. But we will discuss that press conference uh, a little bit later on. Um, Derek says, what and where is the Mick Zone? So this is quite a funny running joke, actually. My missus calls it the Mick Zone. Um, <laughs> because whenever I say mixed zone, it sounds like the Mick Zone. Um, there isn't anyone called Mick uh, in the mix zone, um, as far as I'm aware, I'm trying to think if anyone is. No. Um, do we have anyone called Michael? No. And no, I've not really spoken to anyone called Michael in the mix zone either. Um, but the mixed zone, M-I-X-E-D, is basically the area that I go after the game to speak to some of the players um, of either team you can speak to. It's very difficult to get a conversation with them because they're not always that keen, especially if they haven't won the game. Um, but sometimes, yeah, a Mick Arteta, I guess, but you don't get, but the thing is with Mick Arteta is that he doesn't talk in the Mick zone because he talks in the press conferences. So you can't have Mick Arteta in the Mick zone because he doesn't talk in the Mick zone, uh, unless he's at Everton because there is, uh, the, the Mick zone is very close to where he does his managerial interviews. Um, but there's been some great experience in the Mick zone. My favorite experience in the Mick zone is probably meeting Arsene Wenger. In that Emirates Cup game, it already counts because the mix zone at Arsenal is like down the lift from the Diamond Club. So anyone coming down from the Diamond Club going to the um, the dressing room has to come down the lift by the big Arsenal. If you've done the Arsenal tour, you'll know what I'm talking about. It's at the end of the tunnel. And uh, yeah, it's it was an amazing experience. Seeing those doors open and Arsene Wenger stepping out, coming over and speaking to, to me and some of the other journalists that were there and having a, a brief conversation with him. Uh, Josh Kroenke often walks through there. Edu is very nice. He comes through and talks to people there and says hello every single time he walks through. Um, so, yeah, the mix zone is its definitely probably the highlight of, of my daily job, I guess. Uh, and going to the games, of course. Um, Phil says, is Arteta the best-looking manager in the league? Oh, is he the best-looking manager in the league? He's got to be up there. He's got to be up there, surely. I'm trying to think now on the spot if there's any better looking managers. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, I have to have your suggestions in the chat. Um, let's go to Ashish says, do you think we should go for Xavi Simmons or Pedro Neto? Pedro Neto is more of what we need in terms of a left-footed winger. Xavi Simmons is more of an attacking midfielder that can play in a wide area. But I think Neto is more akin to the profile of player that, that we need. Uh, surely Steve Cooper says, Dan, <laughs> leave Steve Cooper alone. He's doing a great job at Nottingham Forest. Um, Minnie says, uh, do you question Arteta's substitutions? Yes, on a regular occasion. <laughs> on a regular occasion. Um, Neto, Tony and Fafana in January and will be champions, says Iwegbu. Uh, um, says that. So, I, I, you know, I've got my thoughts on Tony. I've made that very clear. But certainly on on Neto, I like a lot. And Fafana, I'd love to see Arsenal go for, for Yusuf Fafana. I think he'd be a fantastic signing for Arsenal. Um, Ray Beam says, my wife loves Pep's looks even more. I can't believe I married the enemy. <laughs> Pep is like, um, yeah, he's, he's, I think he's acquired taste, you would say. Pep <laughs> used to be like uh, when he was playing for Barcelona back in the day. 
uh, very model esque. Um, is he? A, he's, he hasn't got the hair to be a silver fox. <laughs> he's got the silver stubble at times, but uh, but but not the silver fox look. Uh, Dwayne says, Tom, off topic. With Barca now charged for alleged corruption, uh, do you think uh, they're still one of the best? Um, I mean, I, it depends on the whole kind of about Pep and. His involvement, alleged involvement, it's important to point out in this. There's always allegations that need to be proven first before we start saying it's, it is what it is. It's always alleged. Uh, and whether or not he was ever privy or involved. For me, he is without a doubt the best manager in the world and has been the best manager in the world for quite some time. There are very few coaches I hold in higher regard than Pep. I don't buy into the argument of that he can't succeed without money. I don't buy into the argument that he can't succeed without an amazing, um, you know, hyper club. Uh, I think he did a brilliant job with Barcelona's youth team and that got him that job in the first place at Barca. And he helped establish that team and, and you know, helped Messi become the player that, that he is. Helped players improve and reach new levels like Philip Lahm at Bayern Munich and then subsequently Joshua Kimmich as well. He's helped develop some of the best players at Manchester City. And, you know, he's, he's continuing to do that. He's turned Kevin De Bruyne into uh, reaching his potential. He's, he's one of the best man managers in the world at improving individual players and making them world-class. So it doesn't change my mind on, on Pep. Um, and it would need, you know, you'd need to have so much more information uh, to know if whether or not have any kind of alleged involvement in anything like that. Uh, David says, love the show. Thanks, mate. Today is my birthday and I'm hoping to get to Seville for the game. What is your advice about getting a ticket only the Seville end and remaining quiet and anonymous? Uh, first of all, happy birthday, David. I hope you have a fantastic day, mate. Um, in terms of advice of going to away games for European matches, I'm pretty useless with that. I've never done that. Um, I've never been to a, an away European game as a fan, so I'm not the best person to ask. Uh, it's all about you know points, I think, and uh, going through the club's official lines. I never, ever, ever, ever recommend that you go through ticket touts. If you can go and sit in the home end and you want to do that, Sevilla could be a scary place uh, to sit in. But I saw plenty of Arsenal fans sitting in the lawns home end uh, that are at that game. Uh, I mean, the Arsenal youth team were sitting in the lawns home end as well. So, yeah, I think that if it's something that you think you can do and sit on your hands, you know, do it. Um, but I wouldn't recommend going and celebrating because Sevilla... Very passionate crowd indeed. Um, Matt G says, I'm guided for Kieran Tierney being injured again. And again, it's just another another in a long list of injuries for Kieran Tierney. Very sad um, situation, but it just, it, he can't catch a break. And it's one of those reasons, I guess, why Arsenal decided to move on uh, and decided to, to move him on and, and stay with the players that we've got that can, you know, play at left back in Zinchenko, Tomiyasu and, and Kivior. So there you go. Barry says, how many brothers have played for Arsenal? Great question. Well, Gavin and Justin Hoyt come to mind immediately. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. My knowledge going back, you know, beyond uh, the early 2000s is going to be tough. But maybe some of our, our more experienced listeners can give some suggestions into the chat box as well. Um, but Gavin and Justin Hoyt come to mind for me. Uh, Salah Udin Umhand uh, um and um, uh, his brother, what's his brother's name in the youth team? Uh, Ismail. Ismail and um, Ulad. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, so it's Salah Udin Umhand and it's Ismail 
Is it Ismeladine who liked them hands? Um, but yes, there's two. Um, Dennis and Leslie Compton, says Martin. There you go. Joe Willock uh, and his brother who went to uh, Chris, who went to Benfica. Yeah, great shout. I think Chris is now playing in the lower leagues in England, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, the Willock brothers were another one. Uh, Colo and Yaya Toure. Yaya Toure did come on trial at Arsenal. Uh, never signed, so I don't know if we can count that one. Um, but there's been a few. We've had a few brothers at Arsenal down the years. Some great opportunities to see that. Um, and was there goalkeepers? Did we have two goalkeepers that were brothers? Um, Abreu, maybe. Maybe there was a... Uh, Chris is at QPR at the moment. So there you go, really. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you for that information. But there you go. Yeah. And Matt Willock as well. Yeah, there was three of them. You're right, Daniel. Great shout. There was three Willock brothers. Um, there you go. What a nice, fun end to the show. Let us know in the comment section down below uh, if you've come up with any furthers. Uh, yes, Rich Oconquo. Uh, Arthur Okonkwo and his brother, whose first name has escaped me. But you're absolutely right. He has a younger brother who's currently still, I think. Uh, no, I think he actually did go on loan, uh, his brother. Quick look. Um, dum, 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 dum. Come on, Transomart. Don't let me down. Uh, it's not coming up for me. In the chat box, you'll, you'll definitely. Brian Okonkwo. There you go. Uh, he's in the under-21s. So, yeah, Brian Okonkwo and Arthur Okonkwo as well. We had loads of brothers. Turns out it's not so niche at all. Loads of them. <laughs> Chelsea, remember, you had Torgan Hazard, Eden Hazard, and there was a third Hazard brother as well. Um, uh, Killian. Is it Killian Hazard, I think? Um, so, yeah, there were three Hazard brothers as well. Senderos and Jumberg. <laughs> did look very similar, did Senderos and Jumberg. Uh, so there you go. Um, thank you, everybody, in the chat box for joining us. Very appreciate your time. As always, do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel. Uh, do make sure that you drop a like. It really is appreciated. Leave your comments on anything that we've discussed today. What do you think about Bakaya Saka being called up? What do you think about Ben White not being called up? What do you think about uh, this weekend's game? And our links to, of course, Pedro Neto as well. Is he somebody that you would like to see join the club? Uh, but thank you, everybody. Uh, oh, yes, the famous brothers of Patrick and Fabio Vieira. Um, can't forget those guys. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. Really appreciate your time. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.